When I started out in this running lark, none of it made any sense. Why would anyone want to run? Surely staying at home and drinking tea is more enjoyable than going out on a cold morning like today. Two and a bit years into the journey, I get it. I get why people do it. But I don't totally get a lot of the stuff, training, techniques and terminology that goes along with it. So today, I'm going to ask the greatest of all time, Sonia O'Sullivan, to make sense of the nonsense. To set me straight on what's a trend and what's a fad. What is snake oil and what's actually a really good muscle balm for those sore muscles after a long run? Join us for another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Sonia, it's great to have you. I didn't expect to be talking to you in Australia, but fill us in on what exactly transpired that resulted in all of these cancellations for you. Yeah, well, the airlines, they don't tell you the truth, do they? No. Um, they, at least they don't tell you anything um, in a speedy manner. They just made you hang out. So I went to the airport on Thursday and I was all set to head off back to America. I was going to Villanova for a celebration of the women's NCAA cross country teams. They've won nine championships down through the years and I think I was a part of three of them. And then also a number of individual champions, champions at those. And so that was Thursday and um, I was going to arrive in Phoenix where we have a training camp mm. in the next few weeks. And I was going to stay overnight and then go back to the airport on Friday night and fly to Villanova and get in early on Saturday morning. It was the best laid plans when yeah. they started to unravel very rapidly. So. Yeah, the flight was cancelled. Well, you get, and, wait, wait. And well, I, you get to the airport, bag and baggage are on the plane, and it's cancelled. Is that correct? What? Nearly, nearly. It was very close. We were at the gates. Oh, my um, God. So, it was amazing because it was so smooth. You know, I got to the airport, check-in was easy, security was easy. Maybe it was all too easy. <laughs> and you were at the gate, and then they're kind of saying, well, there's a bit of a problem here, there's a bit of a delay. And then you start looking, you're thinking, oh. When I make my connection, mm. I even rushed back to the shops to get something um, because I was going to stay with Marcus O'Sullivan and um, he was like, his daughter was going to be there with her new baby. And I thought, oh, I better go and get her something in the shop. So I rushed back from the gate to the shop and back. I'm like sweating, you know, and get back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all happy. You know, I got something nice to bring from Australia. And then these people are walking towards me. And they go, what's going on? And they're like, Flight's cancelled. So, we all run around, walk back. Then you get back in Australia, you get back to immigration, which is a pretty big deal here. And you have to go through the whole immigration into Australia as if you've been out. God, this is worse than any long run gone bad. So then I come back and then I've got to get home. And Sophie was leaving the next day. And I was thinking, shit, maybe I'll just go on the plane with Sophie and I'll do that. And I had this all set up. I was going to go on the plane with Sophie. And then I got a text message and it said, oh, United Airlines, I'm flying at two o'clock tomorrow. And we got your connection. And I thought, well, I'll just do that. And then I, everything, my connection to Philadelphia, everything was working out again. And then to make a long story short, the exact same thing happened the next no. time. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
you're remarkably philosophical about the whole thing because i think i'd be telling this in a furious tone and i'd be going and then the feckers but i wasn't at the time oh no i wasn't (laughs) oh really no i wasn't happy and you know you're just kind of in a mess saying what the hell am i gonna do then the only good thing was i did realize that a lot of the people in play stayed in hotels the first night and if you weren't in a hotel you could actually get a taxi voucher home i went to the dentist and i said that can I get a taxi voucher? And she's like, yes. Then they said, you could fly the next day, uh, which was Saturday. And I thought, there's no way I'm going through this ordeal again. Because when there's two planes going out from the same airline and the staff is really low, it was chaos in the airport. Like, it was mental. Like, yeah. no way, I'm not doing this. So then I've just booked, then I could rebook myself for free for Monday. So I thought, I'll stop it. It's a nice weekend. I'll just stay here then because I can't go to Villanova. That really needs to be back. At training camp until Monday, anyway. So I might as well stay. But then, you know, you're just constantly questioning yourself and yeah. the decisions that you're making is it the right thing? Is it not? And so, you know, my taxi voucher, I go to meet this taxi man and I said to him, I know where can I go with this? He goes, Oh, there's no limit on that. You can go where you like. What? And I said, Okay, can you take me to Jen Junk? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that doesn't so, sound like you, a local we, area. But that is my address. That's my home address here. So I called off Nick because I knew he was going out that night. And I said, I think I'm just going to go to the beach. And I knew he was coming down for the weekend. And I said, will you be down on Saturday? And he said, yes. So, yeah, I got a taxi to, to the beach. But, but it gets even worse. Uh, there's, there's no running in this podcast this week. We're just talking about... Yeah, it's just like, about flight delays, yeah. So then I turned and said, oh, I'm down on the beach with my two suitcases. And I'm thinking, right, I'm not going to unpack these, I'm just leaving them. <laughs> so I was sitting there anyway, and um, I realized so there was a ocean swim for the local surf club was on the next day. And I thought, I just need something to do. I need some kind of focus here. What am I going to do tomorrow? Nick's not coming down to lunchtime. And so I signed up for this swim in the ocean. So I get up the next morning, and the swim was 2.5 kilometers. But the sea was so rough. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> It was really bad. <laughs> and um, I was, yeah, like it was, it was, there was big waves and big swell. And so, and then they kept us on the start line for ages at nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, Lord. And I was getting more and more nervous. And like, I'm sure people who line up for a race feel this sometimes. And I mean, I've felt it myself over the years. So like, if they keep you out there too long. Yeah, you start, you start to, to double like, think it. Overthink things yeah. and you doubt yourself and you question yourself and. It's like, yeah, awful. So anyway, we went in for the swim and it was worse than I've ever swam in. Like normally you go, you can get out over, you know, five or six waves and then it, you know, calms down a bit and you're out in the sea and you swim out to this buoy, which is about, I don't know, 500 meters out near it. And I got about 400 meters and I just thought, I can't do this. No. I just am not enjoying And then I'm thinking, why, why am I even doing this? Oh, no. And I just I just couldn't <clears throat> do it. You know, you're just like... Yeah. And it, it was probably the culmination of everything. Yeah, all the stress. You know, I just didn't have the strength to overcome, like, this massive challenge for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I spoke to a girl. They've loads of water safety out there from the Janjuk Surf Club. And I spoke to this girl. She came over on her board and I... Belongs to the board, and she asked me. I said, "No, I'm fine." She said, "I bet I just don't really like these waves." And um, she said, 
yeah, just, yeah, give another go and then, you know, just let us know. So, yeah, I didn't, I could only go a tiny bit and I was like, no, this isn't working here. And then there was nobody around me because by stopping, you kind of lost people. Mm. Oh. So, so then the guys came over in the, in the, in the boat. <laughs> the shame of it. <laughs> I get in the boat anyway and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is probably going to be worse and it'll be so bumpy yeah, the boat will in. be worse than swimming it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the thing is, to turn around and swim back in, it was as as difficult as it was to keep swimming out. Like the waves were nearly coming at you. Oh, from sure, and trying down. to get back onto the beach without getting crushed by these oh, waves. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I came back in anyway. And then, of course, because they brought you in, you kind of give your name and all your details. And, and all I want to do is just go and hide. And um, this lady was there, and then I said to her, well, maybe I'll come and do the 1K later. Because <laughs> there was a 1K as well. And thinking, I can't just not do this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'd have just been like, I'm going to bed. This wasn't to be. <laughs> so the 1K was like three hours later, you know. So, and then I walked back over to the start line and the sea was equally as rough. And I miss, <laughs> and I met one of the guys from the surf club and I said, is it, is it improved a bit since this morning? And he said, no. <laughs> so then I told him that I, I was... You know, I, I, I couldn't do the two by five. I said, I'm thinking about the one five. And he goes, we've had trouble. A lot of our water safety people have been feeling seasick out there. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's probably what got me was. And he said, and you just can't get in the rhythm. So you lose your rhythm. So he gave me a bit of confidence anyway that I could do it. That I thought, okay, give it a go. And then I was at the start line and then we were broken into the age groups. And it was only about, I don't know, 15 of us there. So there's a small number of women over 50. And this one lady spoke to me as near as started. I told her I'd been in already and then I was a bit nervous. And I said, you know, I said I'm still a bit scared about this. And she said, I'll oh, be fine. It's easy. <laughs> okay. I'm going, I'm going with this then. And I'll just swim beside somebody. And that's right. what I did with I found somebody to swim beside. And I just was determined to do it. And I think, I think that's why my run on Sunday felt so good was because I felt I did something that was really difficult. Yeah. You mentioned this in the, in the text. You were like, there's, I did something really scary the day before. You think that that gave you the oomph to do the run and just embrace it. I always say I'm more of a land person than a water person. And um, I just felt, then when I went out running, it was like all of a sudden I was like, this is where you belong. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I just actually felt pretty good. And I was enjoying it. And I was thinking, it must be because I really just shook myself up yesterday, was trying to do something that was really difficult, um, failed the first time, and then tried again and overcame it. And it was just such a huge sense of relief to do something that, you know, I mean, I'm not a bad swimmer, but it's just the fear of, the waves and getting turned over and, mm-hmm. you know, and just go swimming far out to sea. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to yeah. happen when you're out there. Fair play to you, because I, I just don't think there's a lot of people listening to this that would have got back in again. I think mean, maybe it's just if you get re-energized by something like that or you're recharged up, you're mm. fired up and, you know, it, I mean, it was a lot um, easier than yesterday at the end of the run. There was this guy out on... You know, these kind of hang, hang gliding things are... Oh, yeah, I saw your like picture of this. A fun. paraglider. Yeah, paraglider, yeah. Yeah. 
And this guy, it was fascinating watching it. But oh my God, I couldn't imagine doing that. Live. I mean, it looks so easy. But it's just going back and forth. And it's close to the road and it's close to the sea. I don't know how he... Yeah, I mean, when, when that goes wrong, it goes really wrong. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, <laughs> that either goes well or terribly. Uh, and you know what? Your run on Sunday is what precipitated this episode. Vinnie Mulvey <laughs> had given us our running plan that we are following together. Sonia and I are being coached by the brilliant Vinnie Mulvey here in Ashburn. VinnieMulveyFitness.ie or .com is the place to go to join one of his running clinics. I'll be down there in the Phoenix Park uh, in a short amount of time, probably in the next two weeks. So one of the things that he suggested we do was a 10 mile Sunday run with two three-minute threshold sections within it. And I have total faith in Vinnie Mulvey. If you've heard him speak on the show, you'll understand why. He's, of course, an elite athlete himself and one of the top physical therapists in the country. But I really didn't know what's the point of these threshold bits in the middle of your long, easy Sunday run, which is usually so luxurious, isn't it? It's what you look forward to is just zone out, stick on the audiobook. And off we go for this leisurely pace. Podcast pace is what I call it. A pace where you'd be comfortable recording a podcast chatting away. And he's thrown in these three minute thresholds. Sonia, Vinny isn't here. You tell me, why do they? If we're going to try and make sense of stuff in running that I think makes no sense. Why do they throw in these three minute threshold bits into a long run like that? What's the point of it? Well, this is just a little bit of a mini practice for you. Um, I've done this before. When you start getting a bit more specific with the marathon training, you'll be throwing in blocks of marathon pace stuff into your run. Right. And some of those will, they'll build up and it'll be like 10k at marathon pace, you know, at the end of your run or the middle of your run or somewhere in your long Sunday run. So then all of a sudden your Sunday run has a lot more purpose to it. What we're doing at the moment is just kind of general fitness and just testing out these little things so that your brain kind of, I suppose, gets used to ad adapting and adjusting to um, a change of pace in a long run. And then how do you recover from that? And I noticed towards the end of my run yesterday, after you do two of these, and even though the second one I did was a little bit slower on the beach into the wind, the rest of your run is actually at a higher pace. Mm -hmm. Because when you go for your Sunday run or your long run, you tend to like just sit down and... You go out there and you cruise around. Exactly, yeah. But then when you pick up the pace, like you pick your hips up, you, you change your forearm, you run your toes. So everything all of a sudden is, you. it's just better running form, yeah. I would think. And that's, that's how I feel anyway. And that's what I think when you know that and you feel it and you think it, then you automatically lift yourself up. Mm, yeah. Well. And you run better. But you can't do that all the time. So, but it gives you the opportunity to do it in the middle of a run and then you can settle back down again and then you get and you get to go again. Yeah, it's nearly like with the old Nintendo when you'd pull out the cartridge and blow into it and then put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. I felt like a new man after it. I expected the rest of the run to be harder, but in fact, it whizzed by. Next week, Vinny has me down to go to Pop and Tree Park Run. I'll be heading there if you want to join me. He's designed the week this week, Sonia, for me to give it a, a good old 5K session, speed session at the track on Tuesday. And then he told me, I want you to put the hammer down, he said. I want you to just bl <laughs> blast it. 
And if you blow up, you blow. I think it's not a bad Vinnie Mulvey impression. Let's be honest. <laughs> I want you to just give it a give it socks, and uh, that's my plan. I'll be there at the Poppin' Tree on Saturday, giving it oh, socks. I look for. I look. I look forward to phone of that. That'd be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, you'll be back in America by then. We have been inundated with uh, things and bits and pieces from running that other listeners think make no sense. So, Sonia, I'm going to throw a few of them to you before we go around the parishes and welcome our special guest today. So, the first one is running sleeves. What the hell is the point of those yokes? <laughs> it's a great running question. Running sleeves. What the hell when, are they for? I would think, it, well, initially, I mean, they were arm warmers and that's what cyclists use, arm warmers. But then... There was particularly people like, uh, I think Mo has worn them, Elliot Kipchoge has worn them in races where it's not very clean. Oh, yeah. And you think, is this a fashion thing? <laughs> yeah. And if you don't do a bit of a Google at the search, take it out. And sometimes the sprinters will have one arm or they might have one leg sleeve, you know? Yeah. That's not really pro- functional, I don't think. But yeah. that's definitely NBA players wear fashion. one of them. I don't understand um, why NBA players wear them yeah. as well. Um, so I think that's just a thing that they like to do. They like the look of mm. one sleeve. Um, but there, apparently there is some theory behind it, some compression in the arms. Then it takes the lactic acids out of the arms and, or the, maybe the blood or t- pushes it back to your heart. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly the details, but it's something along those lines. Like there's some physiological reason why yeah. they use them. So it is um, compression. Other, other than other than keep warm, and yeah. now you can use them to keep warm, um, which is very useful because then you can be out running, and if you're in a marathon, for example, and it starts really early in the morning and it's cold when you start, and then it warms up, then you can strip them down. Mm-hmm. The last time I, I saw off. somebody wearing them was uh, actually at the Cove Ten Mile Road Race. <laughs> you had a debate before we took off whether you'd wear them. Or not. And that was a chilly day. That was the reason you wore them that day, right? Um, did I wear them that day, did I? I think you did, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But here, this is a perfect opportunity to plug the Sanyo Sullivan Cove 10 mile road race taking place in Cove on uh, the 2nd of April 2023. Start time is 10.30. This is a run on the roads that Sanyo Sullivan ran to become Ireland's greatest athlete. 2023 race will be a fundraiser for breakthrough cancer research and already Sonia there are so many of our listeners signed up for this I'm so excited it's going to be the greatest gathering of Irishmen running abroad people and of course just runners in Ireland I think it's such a fun race such a fun vibe last year we had such a laugh doing it and uh, someone even actually Vinny suggested that we should all go for pizza the night before for our pre-race meal it's not a bad idea if anybody knows a great pizzeria in Cove I'd be up for that mm-hmm. um, I know I know I know a good takeaway pizza we could have we'll have to have a picnic oh, um, there you go <laughs> on an April evening I don't know we can go in the promenade um, I think it's called Rush Rush Pizza it's lovely okay. um, I actually stopped there one time myself I was heading off somewhere and I called in and got a pizza and I went and I sat by the water to watch the sunset um, before heading off. Oh, and it lovely. Was very yeah. nice. Well, I, look, we do need we do need to put the uh, what's the little yoke that you put outside to make the weather good before a wedding? 
um, the child of Prague. Child of Prague. Those child of Prague's out. And uh, of course, it'll be raising money for the further development of Ballymore Coves Athletic Club's juvenile facilities and Ireland's future athletes. Entry fee is only €25 Euro and you just go to myrunresults.com or uh, find it on eventmaster.ie. Back to these bits and pieces that people need make sense of. Helen Carr wants so to So arm sleeves. Sorry, arm sleeves. Are we, have you ever worn them? I've never worn them and I don't think I will because I just, I think they they do, they just, there's a bang of, hey, look at me about them that I just won't <laughs> be uh, getting on board with. Protein shakes is the question Helen Carr has. She's like, are, are you meant to be taking protein shakes after runs? Like, do we genuinely need to replenish that much protein after a run? It's a very good question. Um, I always say after a hard session or after a long run, they're very useful because oftentimes when you've run hard or you've done a long run, you don't really feel like eating straight away afterwards. And to recover from a big effort, there's that kind of window of opportunity. It's generally the hour Mm -hmm. or probably within the first 20 minutes or so of when you finish your run. And oftentimes it's easier to get a drink down than it is to, you know, eat some protein bar or, you know, a protein meal or, you know, something like that. So, and you can, you don't have to drink it all in one go. You can have a bit after you finish, go for a little bit of a jog for your warm down, have some more and you sip on it until, you know, you're showered and changed and then you're ready to eat something. Right. So, yeah, I think there is definitely a benefit to them, but I don't think every, after every run, and I think some runners... Um, you know, elite runners as well as regular runners, um, a bit like some of the cyclists that, you know, they eat and drink too much. You know, they think, oh, I got to have all these energy drinks and shakes and they're having them after everything that you do. But half the time, if you're only out there doing an easy run, you're not burning that much energy mm. that you need to be eating or drinking extra um, food supplements. You know, if you just have a normal healthy diet then you're fine mm. um this is just for you know if you're say driving somewhere to go for a run or a session or a race and then you've got to drive back and it's not easy for you to get something to eat quickly afterwards they're very convenient okay and they're and they're quite nutritional so you know exactly you know if you're somewhere you don't know that you're going to be able to get what you want or what is good for you instead of kind of being getting to the point where i'm really hungry and you eat anything then you've had this protein shake to kind of tide you over to replenish you and to refuel you. And what it's really doing is it's just getting the recovery process going. Underway. It's getting yeah. started. Yeah. Um, so you that when you go to me, Sonia, I wasn't going to touch these things. And I always looked at people drinking them and going, why would you need it? But that actually makes a lot of sense. And I think we've all found ourselves. I think you even found yourself in that position when we recorded an episode at the... Is it the Lensbury Club where we just left that window too long? You didn't have the shake and then you get a bit wobbly. And that's what you're trying yeah, to yeah. avoid. And the protein shake that's helps with that. To... Yeah, yeah, because often like so many people are quite busy and, you know, they're doing the wrong and then they're rushing on to the next thing. Yeah. And and you can forget about eating sometimes. Or you can forget about eating enough or enough of the right things. And then, you know, you, f- you pay for it later on. But I think if you can kind of fill the gap. Um, and the important thing is that you find one that you like, one that's, you know, got all the stuff, the protein, the carbohydrates, <laughs> <laughs> the bits and pieces that you actually need 
And then also that tastes pretty good because yeah. some of them are terrible. Gross. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, I definitely had some like nutritional supplement drinks and things and they're awful. And, you know, I, you're, when you're at a point where you have a choice, then, you know, I mean, some people will specifically go with a particular one because they think this is the one. Um, there's one particularly that a lot of people are into these days. Morton, I think, a lot of the marathoners mm-hmm. use. Yeah. But that is, it's just such sugar syrup. It's yeah, awesome. It's I mean, you, you need to be like really training hard and at a high level, I think, to use that. Okay, well, let's it's, let's we've got so many of these to get through. Let's let's keep hammering on because strides came up again and again and again when I asked people, what's the thing in running that makes no sense to you? They were like strides. They're like, aren't strides just sprints? And why do we need to do them? Why are they so popular? Why is everybody talking about strides? There was a time when marathon runners didn't do strides. They avoided fast stuff of any kind. Can you set us straight on what is it with the in vogue strides? What are they and what's the point of them? So I suppose it might become strides before a race or strides well, they seem at the to end appear, of a run. Yeah, so, so Vinny at the moment is always throwing in some strides at the end of uh, a, an 8K or a 12K run. He always goes, do some yeah. strides. And you used to do that to me as well. You go, and then sure, do some strides at the end. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And you'd kind of half ask them. And if I'm, if I'm being honest, and I remember in your book, you saying once I knew why I was doing things, I would do it a lot better. Why are we doing these strides? So it's really to help with your leg turnover, because if you're out there just doing easy runs all the time, um, even when you're doing sessions, the easy runs can be a bit, you kind of fall into this kind of slow pace yeah. or slow leg Loungy. turnover. So yeah. it helps It helps to increase your leg turnover a little bit like... Um, what a little bit like um, what we were doing yesterday in the long run, it just kind of quickens it changes your form it lifts you up a little bit hmm. um rather than just settling into this kind of you know what what would you call it like it's kind of just a podcast run or a, <laughs> yeah. you know easy pay to like there's there's, a, there's room for these easy runs but you don't want to kind of settle into this slow pace and not be able to get out of it right so i think when you do the strides it kind of wakes up and it's um it gets the different muscles firing yeah that lift you up and give you a boost and so you don't forget about them too quickly and so you don't get too far away from running fast and particularly if you're coming back from an injury and you haven't been doing a lot of running a lot of fast running it helps to get your running form back and your ability to run at a, at a race pace and to increase the pace in a race um now strides before a session they just kind of get you warmed up and ready to go and they just, and they're not, they're not sprints. They're fast, relaxed, generally about 80% of your maximum effort. So you shouldn't be all out when you're doing the strides, because if you're doing that, then there's a, definitely a risk of injury. Yeah, and you're missing you're the point. Like that. Yes, whereas I think oh, you always say it's fast, relaxed. So you're in control and you're going at a fast pace. Here's and you just, you, just, you just think about your leg turnover. You think about nice arm carriage. And 
I'm sure Vinny will have some very colourful words to describe the strides for you. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I actually have been making, like, I think with with what Vinny's given us in the last few weeks, uh, I've just been trying to stick to it to the letter. Uh, and I was given these strides my all and not in the sense that I was going above 80 percent. But I definitely have noticed a change since properly incorporating them in. Uh, so if you're not doing strides and you're listening to this now, look it up on YouTube. I'll stick a link in the notes as to how they're properly done and how to add them in. And let me know, because I, I really think they're making a difference to my just kind of general speed. Just like even my easy runs are getting faster, I think, partially because my fitness is going up, but also because these bleeding strides. But here's another one. Uh, spitting. Spitting. Uh, this is an etiquette question. <laughs> I, I was down to the track the other day and like there was a lot of people raising the question of the, you know, holding one nostril and, you know, using that. What oh, is it called? Uh, absolutely unacceptable anywhere, in my opinion, football pitch or otherwise. <laughs> but the etiquette of spitting in terms of running, uh, I'd love to know. If I see somebody spitting, like I saw a guy spitting on the track at Dunboyne Athletic Club this week, and he did it so often that I was like, you get that I'm having to run through that. And I'm like, am I being too hoity-toity there? Or is there an etiquette around spitting in terms of this, uh, the world of running that I've just entered? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to spit on the track. I think sometimes you'd get a track They'd have a sign there and say no spitting. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, I don't think you should. I think you should like run off the track and go to the yeah. field or something. Or I'll say yeah. Sonia Sullivan said you're not to do that the next time I see it. No, no I don't think you should be doing it on the track. Um, and th- then I think, you know, in a race, you'd see some people sometimes and they'll move off to the side. Yeah. And have a bit of a spit or maybe they're doing something else. But <laughs> 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 but uh, you generally look around, you know, and, and I think for spitting, I think people, maybe some people fall into a habit of doing it, but I think it should be something that you try not to get into the habit of doing. And, you know, it's just in a moment of desperation and, you know, I have to get rid of this now. This is really, I can feel something building mm-hmm. up inside me. I got to get it out. And... You know, sometimes you have to do it. I mean, I did it myself the other day when you come out of the swim and you're full of salt water and up yeah, your you nose could, and everything. Yeah, uh, Ronan Johns calls it less not rocket. Uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, don't no, think that, I've that, ever no, done a snot I rocket in my life. People, no, I've never done that. But that's that really like if you're running behind someone and they go and do something like that, even if they move off to the side, it just gives you Ugh. it makes you kind of gives you the you just kind of close your eyes and. Everything is like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to be involved in that. You don't need that. Okay, well, here's another one for you. Uh, Little bits of blue strip on people's shins. You see lads running along (laughs) (laughs) with little strips. Ashling DeMaison got in touch with this one, and she's right. You see lads with these on, and, like, they're on when they start, and then they're flapping around the place by the end. What is the point of that? (laughs) Well, I always call this stuff magic tape. Yeah. Um, so it's some kind of, um, I don't think what the name is for it's it now. Kinesio, it, kin- kinesio tape, that's yeah. it, yeah. And so when people have a bit of a niggle, oftentimes they'll be given a method of taping things up a little bit. 
And it's a bit of a step away from, you know, the old style of taping that trainers would have done in the dressing room for, say, basketball players, and they'd be taping the ankles. Yeah. Tape people, sometimes they tape their wrists and stuff if they play a different sport. Yeah. Tennis or something. (laughs) Running. I suppose taping, you see people taping the knee, taping the shin. Um, I have used it on occasion. Um, and I think it's a, as much a mental thing as a physical thing. Is I mean, I can, right? I'm sure there must be some science behind it. Supposedly, it kind of pulls your skin away a bit. And then, I don't know, it's, it's hard to know, really. Yeah. I mean... It sells plenty of it, and it's plenty of people <laughs> using it. Yeah, I have a roll of it next on your to me here for some reason. Using it as a last resort. The most effective I've ever used it is being on my knee for some. If I had, I had, I don't get very much knee pain, but I have had a little bit occasionally. And um, it, you can use it to pull your kneecap across. Yes, I've but seen that. Yeah, I think with a lot of these things, as well as having that, then. Um, you need to be doing exercises to rehab that because the tape is just a temporary fix. Mm. And eventually that's going to run out of effectiveness if your injury is not, if you're not doing any exercises to improve it and you're just kind of depending on this flimsy tape, which yes, when you sweat a lot, it does start to fall off and flap around a bit. (laughs) And then... And get really annoying. <laughs> yes, that's the other thing. It's all sweaty and gross. We've so many more of these to get through in the second half of the show, including reverse running, which was proclaimed the fitness trend of 2022. Literally running backwards. We're going to get Sonia's opinion on that and much, much more. But before we do all that, we have to go around the parishes because we have a huge achievement in our club this week. Joining us on the line now, Sonia, is Owen Fegan, who ran every single park run in Ireland. He completed the task this weekend up the north. Let's bring him in on the live line, Owen Fegan. Owen Fegan, congratulations. Are you the first man to ever run all of the park runs in Ireland? Do you know if you have that title? Oh, unfortunately, no. There's, uh, I think, four or five other people who've gotten in there ahead of me. Um, so I'm probably within the first, yeah, five or so. Um, yeah, but you're the first one in our club. That's the important thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the real um, measure, <laughs> I think. The real yardstick. <laughs> yeah, the first Irishman running abroad member to do it. Sonia's blown away by this as much as I am. Uh, Sonia, what do you want to ask Owen about this? Because um, we both agreed that there's probably a bit of a come down. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, where do where do you go next? You know, but uh, how many did you say it was? It you was. Uh, it's 142 different locations. Um, right. 100, 109 in the Republic and 32 in the North. So, yeah, wow. few. So, uh, how long did it take altogether? I probably started back in about 2013 uh, without really realizing I was I was intending to do them all. And I would just do a park run whenever I was away on holidays. Um, and then probably around 2016, I realized I had done half the park runs in Ireland. And once you do half, you then kind of, <laughs> you've got this difficult decision to make. Do I carry on? And I, I made the decision to carry on. 
But I very quickly realized I'd done the easy half, as in all the money to my house. <laughs> the, the long drives to like Donegal and Kerry hadn't hadn't begun at that stage. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to rain on the parade of any park runs in the country. But which was the hardest of them all? That's part one of this week's episode. To hear the rest of it and the full-length versions of all of our episodes, head over to patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad and start supporting our podcast today. In return, you'll get heaps of bonus material and interviews going back over the last 10 years with the greatest Irish sports people, writers, actors, creators, and more. It's all there in the Irishman Abroad archive on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. <laughs>